G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. We have got Andrew Gordy on the panel this morning. Of course, uh, Andrew Gordy of News Hub fame. And Sam Hewitt. Now, uh, Sam Hewitt's a name you, rem- you might know. Yeah, well, you should. He's Staffy's producer, uh, but not this week. So uh, we've managed to get him in, uh, Sammy H. And uh, I think we'll go to Gord's uh, uh, first up. And Gord's uh, the wash-up from Ellerslie. Great to see people having fun. Uh, the, the red light went on almost straight afterwards. So at least they got a little bit of an occasion. Exactly. Uh, morning, Smitty. Morning to all the listeners. Um, yeah, great, great night on Saturday, wasn't it? Um, probably not the end for the night perhaps we were all hoping for, mate, but never mind. That's, uh, that's racing, as they say. But, geez, great, great event. Um, and it's a, it's a shame, I suppose, um, that we're not going to have that event at Allersley for the next couple of years while they relay the track there. But um, it really is one of the, one of the great, night, great nights out, I suppose, um, not just in racing, but in sport, to be honest. It's a fantastic atmosphere on track. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage anyone who um, who hasn't been to a KM before to, um, to see if you can uh, perhaps go along in a couple of years' time when it returns to Ellerslie. It's a, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a brilliant night out. And uh, yeah, I, I imagine the, uh, the 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 likes of Paul Wilcox and the board there would have been thrilled to to get that uh, event, that in particular event, uh, off um, before we uh, moved to to the red light uh, because. Yeah, that's probably the, the biggest day on sale or the biggest night on the calendar. So, um, yeah, good to get it away. Okay, uh, speaking of big events, uh, Sam Hewitt, uh, big event for Michael Venus and Tim Putz in the doubles last night on the Kia Court at the Melbourne Tennis Centre, but it wasn't a very friendly atmosphere. What did you make of all that? Yeah, morning, Smithy. Uh, morning, lads. Um, oh, look, oh, story about Kyrgios, really, um, this Australian Open, and... Um, you know, obviously he crashed out of the singles, and I actually think we talked about uh, last week about if he crashes out of the singles, then watch from him in the doubles because you know he's going to come storming through. And like I'm not the biggest Kyrgios fan, I think all the fanfare and everything's a little bit excessive. But um, man, he had that crowd pumped up, um, and I think they played a massive role um, in that win. And I think you know um, those two uh, have got to be favourites um, to win uh, the doubles. So unfortunate for Venus because um, you know I thought he was a real shot as well, but uh, him and his partner, but. Um, yeah, I guess Kyrgios, is, is Kyrgios and Kokonakis are probably the uh, the favourites now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think they probably are in momentum. Um, and uh, he's pretty determined, as we hear in that post-match conference, to win it, Gord. So I, I, I don't mind atmosphere. I don't mind um, all those sort of character. I don't mind, but is it a step too far, that kind of stuff? See, I love well, this see, here's sort a t- of conversation, Smithy. I, I love this sort of conversation mm-hmm. because I, I've actually come, come up... Uh, our, our sports department meeting this morning and everyone is talking about it. And, and what does that tell you? They have engaged an audience that would otherwise not be engaged in particular with doubles tennis. And, and you know, ordinarily, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't really give uh, too much of a care about, about who's in contention or who might win the doubles, unless it's Michael Venus, of course. Um, you know, he gives us Kiwis an interest. But otherwise, otherwise I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really give it a second thought. Now... You've got an entire, not just, not just people turning up on court and creating this, 
enormous atmosphere, but you've got broadcasters deciding to pull away from, I'm pretty sure they pulled away from Rafa and the Dales match last night, to tune in to, to Kokonakis and, and Kyrgios whipping up a crowd at a doubles match. Now, I'm sorry, but I think that's completely unheard of. And we can, we can sit here and we can debate about whether they crossed the line or whether things went too far. And look, if you ask me, yeah, there probably were a handful of occasions where it did cross the line. But we, I think we would be, and I, and I think organisers and I think people who run the game would be idiotic to ignore uh, what they're seeing at the moment because every sport in the world at the moment, whether it's tennis, rugby, cricket, what it, you name it, Every sport at the moment is trying to grapple with how do we engage a younger audience? And I think all of us, we're, looking, and we're asking these questions about whether a line was crossed through traditional eyes. And I think a younger generation of sports fans, they don't really care about whether a line was crossed. They just want to be entertained. And you cannot deny that all of us, traditionalists or not, were entertained by what we saw last night. I sense, Sam, that you're of the same opinion. Uh, yeah, Smithy, I've been saying this for, for, for years. You know, tennis and golf are, are sort of these two unique sports where when the, you know, when the serve's about to happen, when the, when the golf is about to hit off the tee, there's complete silence, you know, and, and even extent throughout, you know, a, a game in tennis, even though there's a few oohs and ahs, it's very respectful, they're very laid back, and they're the only sports where the crowd doesn't, isn't roaring in your face the whole time. And, you know, we sort of pander to the tennis players. You know, it's about, um, you know, their concentration, you know, high-precision sport. They're trying to focus and all that sort of stuff. But I think last night, and Gordy, I think, said it on the head, is an example of how that can actually be a positive. It can be entertaining. It gets people into the game. The players clearly enjoyed it. You know, clearly Kyrgios and, and Kokonakis were fired up by it. And I imagine, you know, Venus and that, they probably had to step it up a level as well. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of there being more of that um, in these sort of sports that traditionally have been a little bit more conservative and laid back. OK, cool, uh, fellas, that's good. Uh, nice to hear those opinions. Uh, stay with us, please. Uh, I'll uh, probably come to you after the break. Uh, a bit about uh, the Blues or the Crusaders, who you're looking at, particularly in terms of the back lines that are, uh, they're going to display. All going well. And what about is it time to get Colin Munro back? Is it time for Colin Munro after his big bash form? Uh, 10.30, here's Trudy. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Sam Hewitt, Andrew Gordy on the panel this morning. Uh, Sam, uh, just looking at uh, Colin Munro, in case uh, not required in the last T20 World Cup. He was a bit miffed about it, actually. Um, should uh, we stop ignoring his... Uh, Big bash form and put him seriously in contention for New Zealand's T20 World Cup squad later in the year. It's a good one, Smithy. Uh, Colin Munro's, I don't know, I feel like he's one of these guys that, you know, when he's in domestic leagues and he's playing in the big bash and, and around the world, he, he tends to do very well. But then in the black caps, he just he, he has been struggling. I think, I don't know how many T20s we've got before the World Cup, but I would think we've got enough to at least try him, you know, and, and see how it's going to translate into international form. But, you know, on paper, you'd say if he's performed well in the Big Bash, he'd be able to just translate that over. But um, maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe we need to give him a few a few opportunities um, before making a final call. That's probably where I stand. OK. Uh, Gords, what about you? It's a massive yes from me, Smithy. Uh, I'll tell you, I've always been, personally, I've been a, a fan of Colin Munro, um, both as, as the, the cricketer and his personality. Um, he's, 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 uh, he's a robust personality. I think we can probably put it that way. And I know that there's probably been uh, one or two times where he's, um, 
you know, perhaps come not, not agree necessarily with the selectors or, or the coaches and whatnot. Um, but look, I suppose that the main reason it's a yes from me is because I think there's been um, times in the past where he was in the New Zealand setup where he probably wasn't best suited to, to the conditions that he was playing in, but I don't think anyone would debate, and he's proved it during the Big Bash, that in Australian conditions and hard and fast conditions, he is, he's, you know, right at the top of his game. And given where this tournament is going to be played, um, I think absolutely it's something they should consider. Uh, he's obviously decided to pretty much, you know, be, be the type of player who, who tours around the world and plays in these 2020 leagues. And I suppose he's been forced to do that, really, because um, he's been overlooked for selection. But I, I think it would, be, it would be madness from the New Zealand selectors not to strongly consider uh, a return for, for Colin Munro for this T20 World Cup. Yeah, he's very much a, a gun for hire, isn't he, in that respect? So uh, he's chosen that path. Uh, whether that uh, means he shouldn't be playing for us, I'm not quite sure. I mean, you do, uh, if he's an asset available to us and uh, he's a chance of uh, helping us win, made that point of difference that we didn't have uh, against Australia last time round, uh, I think it's worth conjecture anyway. I would imagine they're thinking about it. Uh, speaking of uh, hired guns, uh, Gord's uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek at 12 for the Blues. And they're uh, uh, touting the Blues' back line as being perhaps the most exciting already without a pass being made. Yeah, I imagine uh, a lot of those predictions are probably coming from Blues fans, really, which is not unusual come this time of year, is it? They always talk a massive game before a ball's been kicked. Um, but look, I, I think anyone who's, who's interested in the game of rugby um, will, will have a, a, a twang of excitement, I suppose, uh, about what, what Roger Tui Vasashek and indeed the rest of the, the Blues backline might be able to produce um, this Super Rugby season. But, I mean, I, I, the number of people who, who ask me, like, how do you reckon Roger's going to go playing rugby? I'm, I'm of absolutely no doubt this guy's going to be a success because he's just a phenomenal athlete for starters. Um, and I actually don't think necessarily that we got to see all of that when he was playing rugby league. I'm actually really pleased... Um, that Leon McDonald's decided, and I'm not sure it wasn't his decision alone, that uh, Roger's going to play in the 12 jersey. I think, you know, given his history in, in rugby league, it might have been easy to put him on the wing or to put him at fullback. But um, at 12, I really think we we might finally see the the very best of Roger Tuivasa-Shek in every sense. Um, and, yeah, I think Blues fans are, have, have probably reason, perhaps more reason than other other seasons to be excited about what's coming up. And, um, yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be fascinating, I think, from a neutral's point of view. I'm, I'm certainly not a Blues fan myself, but it's going to be fascinating from a neutral's point of view to see what he can offer and what he can do because I think it won't be long at all before we see him in a black jersey. And, you're, and you're, what you're saying is there you're neutral. Is that right? You have no interest in anything I am else. very much neutral. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I might have a, a red and black eye patch on every now and then, somebody, but, um, yeah, I like to consider myself really neutral when it comes to these things. Well, good on you. Uh, Sam, I'm not sure about your uh, absolute uh, direction of support, but um, are you rushing down with your hard-earned NCNZ cash? Are you rushing down to back the blues <laughs> at this early market? Yeah, look, I, it might be might be general admission, um, Smithy, with, the, with, the, with what I'm on at uh, SCNZ. But no, uh, the, look, I'm excited to see Roger play. Like, I'm a big, obviously, massive rugby league fan, massive Warriors fan, and have followed him you know, throughout his career. And I'm really excited to see him play. Um, I'm a big Chiefs fan, Smithy, so I wouldn't mind if the Blues struggle, um, just quietly. But, uh, but see, the thing that I'm a little bit critical about here with Blues, and this goes to New Zealand rugby, and I feel like I've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum over the last few years, but, you know, Roger, everyone wants to see 
what Roger's going to do in that first game. And uh, I'd actually argue that they want to watch him in every game um, to see what he's going to be like. You know, is he, is he potential all black? Is he going to go well at 12? You know, is he going to get moved around? How's he going to cope, etc.? But the Blues, in my mind, have done a terrible job of promoting this. Now, as far as I'm aware, Roger has almost done no media. And I know personally, Smitty, trying to, trying to get to them when he was at Auckland, mm. trying to get him for an interview, you know, talk about his transition, how it's all going. And they've basically said, no, nah, look, he's off limits. Um, they want him to focus on, you know, getting ready, getting prepped. And, you know, I just, I always look at overseas, Smitty, at places like America where, you know, LeBron James, the biggest name in the NBA, the biggest name arguably in world sport, will front the media every single day. And he'll front the fans every single day. He's not bigger than, you know, the, the sport or the team or whatever. Um, and, and I look at what they're doing with Roger and I just think surely the guy is professional enough to be able to handle some media interviews, you know, a bit of promotion out there so that, you know, people do really get pumped up on it. I mean, they are, don't get me wrong, people are pumped up on it, but that, I think they just miss a trick sometimes when they let these opportunities slide. And you see it with New Zealand rugby as well with the All Blacks, you know, they just, they're very closed. They try and keep everything, you know, very sort of tight and, and don't let the players do a lot of sort of self-promotion and media. So, yeah, I, I just would have liked to see a little bit more um, of that heading into this season. But they do, you know, the Blues have a fantastic team. They've got a great back line. It probably is one of the best back lines they've ever had and, and you know, it is going to be one of the best back lines in the comp. So whether or not that, you know, sort of translates to wins, um, TBC. But like I said, as a Chiefs fan, I, I don't really mind if it doesn't. I totally agree with you about the availability of uh, rugby players as to other sports. Uh, working in this gig for about uh, five or six months now, and I know, from a producer's point of view, it is always easier, it seems, uh, to get uh, women's sport in particular. Um, and uh, I think it goes uh, from down there in rugby. At the moment, fellas, uh, you guys are right at the bottom uh, on, in terms of cooperation. I've got to say that. Uh, and I, I don't want to blot anyone's copybook. It's just the truth. Uh, Gords, um, I've got to ask you this. How do you, how's your stomping the backside and melon grabbing going, uh, bearing in mind we're not far away from the Winter Olympics, and you'll be reporting on this, I'm sure, at some stage. Melon grabbing, backside stomping. Yeah, look, uh, that's all news to me, Smithy. I'm happy to leave those, um, those sort of terms to you. Um, sounds like you're a bit of an expert at these things, are you? No, I'm not. I'm just reading up, and if you want to, if you, if you, think, if you think you've got to be able to report on Nico Porteous... Uh, then uh, uh, on winning a gold medal, or Zoe, who is absolutely fantastic. We're on first name basis, Zoe and I. Uh, I, I can't, be- I can't believe you haven't got used to these terms already. Because if they win a gold um, uh, or a medal at any stage, it will be because of the quality of their melon grabbing and backside stomping. That's right. And look, all I can say really is I'm not as professional as you, Smithy. Um, but look, Ollie Ripke's going to be heading over to the uh, to the Winter Olympics for us. So I'm sure he's absolutely got all those terms down pat. But um, yeah, look, I suppose I've got a bit of, bit of schooling up to do over the next uh, the next week or so, I guess. Um, but look, very excited about uh, a Winter Olympics, and in particular for Zoe and Nico. Haven't they just been absolutely outstanding? Um, and it's very unusual, I think, for, for any of us to be... <laughs> Uh, looking forward to a Winter Olympics and the possibility of a gold medal, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't know that that's ever happened before, um, but we're almost heading into this with a bit of expectation around these two, haven't we? Like, we've got two two legitimate stars here, so it's going to be um, yeah, great to see what they can produce. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to the, what was it, the melon grabbing and the, and the what stomping? Backside stomping. 
Of course, yes, the backside stomping. Yes, I'm, I'm sure uh, there will be lots of backside stomping for sure coming up. Yes, um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. uh, looks, uh, I look forward to your improved vocab vocabulary next time we speak on that particular <laughs> issue because because if you're not over those, you won't be winning any medals. I promise you that. Uh, Andrew Gordy uh, and Sam Hewitt, thanks so much. Uh, very entertaining this morning uh, on those subjects and uh, great. Uh, look forward to seeing you back at work too, Sammy, at some stage. That'll be nice.